Honey, I can't take out the trash right now. I'm about to talk to Wampus. You know, Wampus Reynolds, the co-host of our hit podcast, Not Spiral. Dan Wade, I can't wait to start our Thought Spiral recap podcast right now. Because, yes, we certainly haven't been trying to do this for 10 minutes and recapping the antics of Test Show 284 with our our heroes in Murph, J.L. Weinstein and Andy Kindler. That's right. And also, I'm worried because I broke the neighbor's backboard. Oh, Wampus. Dan Wade, how's how's my audio? Is it okay? Your audio is fantastic, as always. Okay. Never a hitch in not spiraling. (laughs) Sweet. Um, Let's do a a quick uh, Thanksgiving recap before we dive into this awesome episode. An odd one, but a good one. An odd one, but a good one. Nice Thanksgiving on on our end. Uh, A a sous-vide turkey, took a few days off, uh, watched the USA kick some butt. Yeah! Yeah! Uh, I have a recommendation. Uh, I haven't seen it, but I'm planning to. Maybe we can talk about it. Uh, On Amazon Prime, there is a documentary about the U.S.-Mexico soccer rivalry that just came out a couple of weeks ago. So I can't wait to see that. That will be fun. I myself enjoyed two Thanksgiving dinners, and it hurt. It hurt a lot. But uh, delicious food. Uh, Lucky with the family. You know, got a good family. So, yeah, that was great. How, how, How far along during the holiday did you first hear the bc clark jingle it was on thanksgiving day yes we, in the we mor- keep, yeah during during yeah, the we, macy's parade yes. yeah we keep the parade on in the background mainly to hear the jingle yes and if you um, don't know what we're talking about boy are you missing out on life move to oklahoma right away it is the promised land <laughs> yeah you know, uh, I, I I know that that you've done some research on Panhandle. You know, you know how Boys City got populated, right? Uh, remind me. This uh, this guy in New York printed all these brochures about Boys City and how it was this paradise on earth, and how it got forty five inches of rain a year, and anything would grow out there. And if you're a farmer down on your luck, this was the place to go for a fresh start. And so he sold plots of land for Boys City, uh, and people bought them, and when they got off the train in Boys City, they realized A, this is the desert, and B, he didn't own any of those plots of land that he sold, and now they were stuck in Boys City with no money and no land. Uh, my favorite things are that it is pronounced Boys. Yes. Uh, unlike the city in Idaho, and that it was, a bomb was dropped on it during what? World War II. You've heard that that uh, in World War II there was an errant uh, training mission, and they dropped a bomb on uh, uh, Boise City's uh, town square because you know they have a a traditional kind of town square there. Wow! Yeah, I mean, although if you were going to accidentally drop a bomb 
Cimarron County is about the safest place that you can uh, can do that in. Exactly. Ain't ain't too much there. Um, what was I going to say? Well, I was going to explain. Yeah, the BC Clark Jingle is a a jewelry store's um, commercial jingle that was written in the fifties, I guess. I would assume so, based on the style. Yeah, it's a very old, but it is catchy as all get out, and uh, and Oklahomans love it. And I will have to say, Thanksgiving night, I I, I got a little uh, a little um, testy because I had made a joke on Facebook about about the jingle, which was you know that jingle is so old. They should start calling it A.D. Clark by now. <laughs> Just saying that it's existed over a time. And my sister was uh, telling me that the joke didn't make sense. That if it was so old, it would have to be B.C. But, you know, my argument is it's still alive. It's alive now. It, it's, uh, it's the whimsical notion holds up. Thank you. You thank don't. You so much. Everything doesn't need scrutiny. No, and Chicken, chickens I, crossing roads aren't particularly mysterious. You don't need to really thank dive you. too deep into it. All right. Well, should we dive into this bad boy? Yeah, I want to start right off the bat since they started right off the bat. And I'm going to just come out and admit I don't know who Jimmy Dore is. I don't know who he is. I don't know why Andy is so worked up about this person. I don't know why he thinks that this person has any influence on society oh i wish i were you i i know of him a little um he he's kind of a uh you know joe rogan wannabe and you know you can tell by josh weinstein's uh story about him about how he was showing off his garage and about how he was going to set up a studio um but basically he he was that Bernie Sanders uh, supporter until Bernie lost. And then kind of just, you know, he went, he started barking out the things that got him more devoted viewers for more time, it seems. And and now he's, he's, he's kind of a, green, a Glenn Greenwald where he claims he's not, but he everything he does supports uh, the Republican Party. So, ah. and uh, yeah, so, but Andy, <laughs> Andy does not like him, and I have learned to trust Andy's opinions on people. The only person, uh, the, the only one, and, and I can't even tell what Andy thinks of her, uh, is is Andy's opinion on Julia Sweeney. Because in my mind, Julius Sweeney can do no wrong. And it seems like he butts heads with her from time to time. And I yeah, can't make uh, out what's going on there. Well, it's the atheism, you know. She has the mm -hmm. most gentle take on atheism you can ever imagine. She's the most good-natured. It really is. I, mm. yeah, uh, yeah, I don't know. Um, that is a, a head-scratcher. And and unlike some people that we could mention, how's this for a transition? She's done her homework. She actually 
has a basic <laughs> theological knowledge of what she's talking about. I was about to tear my hair out when Andy that... spent 10 minutes faking his way through Quakerism. <laughs> yeah. And uh, this this uh, very malleable, uh, you know, definition of Quakers, what you want it to be, man. It, it was, uh, yeah. Uh, it, it wouldn't so much as so far as to go out a, on a limb and say that, that Quakerism is a subset of Christianity. Wouldn't commit that much to it. No, no, not at all. Uh, I will say out of that uh, came the classic joke of uh, he went by was it Edward J. Fox? So he could get his union card. <laughs> yes. <laughs> that was really good. That was that really good. good. Now, I have to go, I have to double back a couple of weeks ago when we were talking about Cheech and Chong and mm -hmm. um, how Andy was saying they stole stuff from uh, this other group. And I keep it, wanting to say the association. But that'd be, really, that'd be really funny if they stole material from the yeah. association. Yeah. Everyone knows it's windy. <laughs> but um, I think it was the committee or whatever. And uh, it hit me. Fred Willard was in that group. Oh. And that's where I, I bet Andy heard him grumble about that because they were friends. So, so that's an... That was just a connection I made that uh, the people tune in love to hear these connections. So, now your memory is better than mine. What was Fred Willard's beef with Cliff Nesteroff? I don't. I never knew about. I didn't know they had a beef. Andy has mentioned before that Fred was upset uh, when Cliff wrote comedians because he felt that he was misquoted, and I didn't know oh. what the details were on that. Oh, I don't know the details at all because. I don't know because Cliff is mentioned probably one out of every four episodes. He's mentioned by either Josh or me. And there's always an edge to it. Yes, and I and the edge is getting a little stronger each time. Yeah. I, because I, it, I understand when Josh was involved with the competing enterprise, when he was doing the other history yeah, the of Wayne, comedy. The Wayne Fetterman one. Yeah. yeah. I, I, I can understand him distancing himself from Cliff. But And speaking of Cliff Nestroff, could his second book have come out at a worse time? Not at he, all. He put that book out, what, three months before Reservation Dogs came out. Yeah. And mentions all of the players in Reservation Dogs and kind of hints that it's coming. But... <laughs> There really needs to be a second edition of that book. Yeah, I hope so. And speaking of, I still have your copy. So Yes, that was a very subtle way for me to mention that you still have my copy. <laughs> we had a little real estate problem by yeah. Cliff Nesteroff. Um, Cliff Nesteroff really is, though, because when he comes up in Vermont, he is like the David Grohl, the Dave Grohl of uh, comedian culture. <laughs> that he pops up in every documentary about about the thing. So I, I could see comedians growing wary, but I will say uh, classic showbiz.blogspot.com 
is a wonderful website filled with just amazing interviews. I, I need to get on that. I enjoyed his Twitter feed. He's one of the he's one of the people I miss on Twitter because he would just he would have you know newspaper articles for uh, newspaper advertisements for uh, Don Rickles' new hot dog shack. Yeah, uh, he has a Tumblr that I think he dumps more stuff on than he did Twitter. So. Mm. On that so, note, did you ever go to Conway Twitty's restaurant on I-240? No, I don't remember this. I can't remember if it was an Italian restaurant. It was something just a little incongruous. <laughs> and for some reason, it was Conway Twitty's I love this trattoria and grill kind of thing. You know, he had a house in Norman. And uh, I've never been in it, but... I was once at a party with an older man who was describing the uh, the design of the bedroom and that, that was there was no you know edge you know it was all round and <laughs> and, and they said and it had the ugliest carpeting you've ever seen yeah I I don't understand those are the ones you're like why did they move here. You know, I, yeah, I don't know if Conway had burned bridges in Nashville or maybe he had a really, you know, good buddy here, but, uh, maybe he and James Garner were tight. Maybe so. And James came back a lot. Oh yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> what else happened on this show? Um, now the odd part was that they all record. They recorded this thing in one sitting. Yeah. Right. It was, it, yes, it was one monster take, an hour fifteen, no breaks, no musical interlude. Yes, and uh, and uh, I think the change uh, made Josh a little cranky. Mm. You know, he was kind of joking about it, but he he was out of the rhythm. That's for sure. Yeah, th yeah, that's what I'm. I, I'm implying. I'm not saying he's, he was, <laughs> but you know, he just likes a, a bit of control and a bit of uh, routine. Yes. And uh, I don't know, Andy. Andy, besides the the Quaker Jag, uh, he seemed pretty on top of his game. Well, he had just been to his therapist. Yes. So that's, uh, or was that last week? He just been to his therapist. It was this one. Um. Okay. So I, I assume that he was fairly uh, of sound mind, not yes. stoned, when he did this episode. <laughs> yeah. Now, I'm loving how Andy uh, constantly notes the progress he's made. <laughs> and it's not even like he's fishing for compliments because he knows he's not going to get them from Josh. Yeah, I, I think this is just his form of positive self-talk, and good for him, I guess. Yes, it, it, it is funny. I I would like Andy uh, on these to kind of dramatize what the Andy of five years ago would do, because that that'd be a good question if they ever took questions from us again. Yeah, um, I haven't. Yeah, I need a peek in and see if they're still doing anything there um yeah that website's going going 
down bad, it seems. So that's good. I have an idea. Okay. I just popped onto the Discord to see if there were any questions. And while there weren't, I did see that that uh, our, our, our friend, the birthday boy, uh, is live in the gaming room. Uh, what do you say we, we pop in and give him a little surprise shout out? Hey, that's a great idea. All right, hang on. I've got to switch microphones. Can you hear me all right? I can. Can you hear me? Can anyone hear me? Can you hear me? Dan. Did I lose you? Can you hear me now? Hello? Hello? You lost me. Can you hear me at all? No. Oh, I can. I can. Anything at all. Uh, hello, hello, hello. Hey, hey, hey. Hello. Okay, hello. we're not going to do that. Hey, Dan. Yeah. How about, would it work if I went on the Discord channel as well from yeah. here? Yeah, if you, if you did it. And then it, you can record that? Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. I'll record well, that. Well, let's do that. All right. I'm going to go on. That'd be funny if we said, hey, Alex, like on Family Ties. Hello? <laughs> I can't hear a thing. Okay. I'm, I'm out of here. I can Alex, hear I love you. Love you, Alex. Bye. 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 I got a kick. <laughs> Let's transition out of this as quickly as possible. I got a kick out of the Elton John discussion and how it takes Elton an hour to warm up and get to the high notes. Because, oh, yeah. because it reminds me of that Billy Joel Russia concert. And Billy Joel brought a guy all the way to Russia and his whole job was to sing the two high notes in An Innocent Man. <laughs> So it's this guy, he just sits around all concert and goes, ah, yeah. and that's it. That's a gig. It's a gig. That is a gig. Do you think it was like his uh, CIA handler and that was his uh, cover? Oh, yeah. I bet like, so. Like, let me spy <laughs> and I'll come out and sing these two notes. Because that was like 88. 87 I mean, that was yeah russia think, russia yeah i think it was 87 it was yeah and, and really as psyops go sending billy joel over is not a bad idea he's uh in college okay we had okay i'm gonna <laughs> i'm going to i thought about doing this this week about talking to you about this and I'm going to make this next thing one of my my three. Now, I was going to ask you, what would you call the top three white moments in pop culture? Okay. So I'm going to give you my three. Okay. All right. Let's hear it. And this one just came up, and it erased whatever was number three for me, which I think was Danny Kaye singing a funny song. Um the argument, Billy Joel versus Elton John. That is a very white person thing. 
Number two is in the movie Swingers, when the swing band sings a song that goes, well, gin and tonic sounds mighty, mighty fine. That's very white. And then the the number one is uh, on the game show on NPR, What Do You Know, when Michael Feldman yells out, what do you know? And the crowd goes, not much. You? There's nothing more white than that. Oh, wow. You put me on the spot. You can think about it. I, I, I can only think of things from my personal experience. Um, what One of those was uh, when my church youth group uh, got a, a, a volunteer gig uh, redoing uh, a uh, basketball floor at this uh, this uh, inner city mission. So we were the only white people around. And our foreman insisted that we perform this task to the uh, to the dulcet tunes of Bob Seeger's greatest hits. <laughs> and number two would have to be uh, when when I was in the Boy Scouts, uh, in the late 80s, uh, and one of the younger kids saying, you've got to fight for your right to have a party. <laughs> and I'll, and I'll, 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 I'll give Danny K number three. Okay. No, no disrespect to Danny K because I love the man. Yeah, yeah. Uh, are you familiar with the, the scene uh, in White Christmas when they are announcing their engagement? No. Uh, well, it, it, in, in the background, there is a, a, a man of possibly Mexican descent playing the largest guitar you've ever seen in your life. Ooh. And it's just kind of keeping rhythm with it. That was and it's the... a guitar? Not a uh, guitarron? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Well, a guitar roan is a like a bass. It's four strings. And... Well, I'm, I'll go back and count the strings. I could couldn't tell. <laughs> I I the the other reason the Elton John thing uh, struck me is uh, I hit up Jarvix the other day and said, "Can you find me a voice coach because I need to go two semitones higher?" And I think he has found me somebody because I've 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 got to go back and hit an E. I haven't been able to hit an E since tenth grade, and I need it for my uh, for my variety show that's coming up. So we will we will report and and see what Jarvis Jarvis's people come up with for me. Oh, I, I hope you get it. Um, huh. Let me uh, let me ask a friend of mine too. He might be able to. Oh no no I've got someone, someone lined up. Oh you, oh you got someone? Okay. Yeah yeah Jarvix's person and I are, Yeah we're we're just comparing schedules at this point. Oh good. So so look look for look for uh, a little bit of expanded range in the next couple of months. Exciting. Mm-hmm. Wow that was a big tangent from the Elton John. And that, but I do like that uh the question near the end from someone I can't remember who but talking about how the Elton John concert was meh. And Josh said, well, yeah, <laughs> pretty much it was. <laughs> yeah, I, um, yeah, I'm not an Elton John fan. So 
I'm, there are some songs of his I, I enjoy, but ultimately, I I don't know. I just think uh, his uh, his defense of uh, hobnobbing with some detestable people, saying you know people who have said anti-gay statements, saying you know this is his way to change their mind. I just don't think he's not changing mind. He's just cashing no. the check. He's just cashing checks, and that that annoys me. So. Um, yeah, I, I liked hearing that the concert. Didn't blow Josh away. Uh, didn't Josh uh, wax enthusiastic about something this week? I'm trying to remember what it was. Oh, I can't remember. But uh, yeah, Josh has spoken positively about some things in the last few weeks. It's been yep. good. Always, always nice to hear. A couple yeah. things that stood out I wanted to get your take on. Josh talked about the phenomenon of being the funny guy in the office. Have you ever found yourself dressed in that position? Um, yes. Yeah, I have. Um, it's a tricky position because the funny guy has to be the welcomed funny person. Yes. If you're not welcomed, you're not the funny person. You're the guy making it hard for everybody. Uh, but there was one job I had where it seemed established that it, people should be given to laugh no matter what I said. So, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I was there for a while. How about you? I I was never funny in a pleasant way in an office. Uh, if, if there was something cynical uh, to be said, uh, they would turn to me, but yeah. cer certainly no one had a good time because of me. <laughs> so uh, what's changed? Da, 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 da. Potato. Potato. Uh, I, I've got to say, a lot of blank stares when I was on the stage of the fellows last week. A lot of blank stares. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um. Yeah, I have this bit, and uh, I want to work on it. But yeah, man, it's it's gonna get those stares, you know. But uh, I'm gonna commit to it. I'm, I'm going. I'm gonna. Maybe I'll even do it tonight. Ah. Um, so, so no, while I was never the funny guy in the office, I can totally see the funny guy in the office being threatened by Josh being in there. Yeah. <laughs> Chris, I don't think Josh realizes just how much harm he has done societally that people watched Mystery Science Theater and thought, I can do that. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and it's it's taught younger people to watch movies like that. Um, my, my son, he's kind of out of it, but for a while, he had to I'm sorry, he's kind of jokes. what? Your son is kind of what? My son, he uh, he's he is out of that phase, but ah. now he, he um, wanted, you know, he felt compelled he had to make jokes during watching a movie. And, and some are fine, and, and talking about plot is good, but every line, yeah. I think the, the worst was uh, my freshman dorm 
uh, people would get together Sunday nights and watch uh, Star Trek The Next Generation. And ev everyone was just trying to one-up each other with, with some wisecrack. And it wasn't funny. And it wasn't fun. And it was a bunch of freshmen feeling threatened by each other. Yeah. Have you ever uh, said anything in a movie theater that made others laugh? Mm, no. Now, the only thing I've done, and it's not during the movie, it's during the trailer, is the uh, sarcastic gasp. Actually, I did it during a movie once. <laughs> and, <laughs> and I think it made some strangers laugh. And the one in the movie was uh, the movie Sorority Boys which um that was jack lemon and walter Matthau. oh only if uh, harland williams was in it but uh my friend who i went to high school with wrote it he co-wrote the screenplay so i i felt i had to watch but <laughs> yeah and it's you know it's bosom buddies level uh dressing as women all right they you know these these college guys who are kicked out of they have college or their house. They pretend to be new sorority girls and join the bad sorority so they can stay in school or something. Gotcha. And it's, but near the end, there's a showdown with uh, one of the, the guys and his dad, at, you know, at a party and the guy takes off his wig to show that it was him all along. And I, I did a, <gasps> <laughs> because no dad would not see what was going on. Uh, it was so bad. Yeah. I, I, and then in like rom-com trailers, there's always like, they reveal, you know, I think it was like even the wedding planner with JLo, like, the guy she just had a fight with is her boss or whatever. And then when they show the boss, you sarcastic gasp. Oh, <laughs> good times. Good. Time. Um, the only other thing I have to say about the episode, I, you might have some comments on questions too, but um, is uh, Andy's kind of, is this becoming a tradition to go down to San Diego for holidays? That's at least twice. Yeah. Which is I, I I he's he's getting out in his own way. Josh is kind of rubbing it in his face how much in Andy's face how much he's going out to eat now. Yeah. <laughs> oh, the sushi. It's just it's just not the same when you carry out. I am loving eating out. Yeah. I I I hope Andy ventures out sometime soon. I, th I think I think he's getting close. I think there's some agoraphobia working here as well, and yeah. Uh, but you know, he's walking. I think I, it'll he turn is. into coffee, and coffee will turn into sushi. One thing will lead to another. Um, were there any questions you had comments on? Um, if not, I've got some questions for us. Well, one one person mentioned the the fearsome foursome versus purple peak leaders which got them to to listing uh, members of the defensive line. And the one that really caught my eye was Alan Page. Because at first I thought that they said Alan Price, who 
uh, was the British pop star of the late 60s. Um, and so I looked up Alan Page, and Alan Page was with the Minnesota Vikings. And after that, he was on the Minnesota Supreme Court. Okay. Got wow. his law got his law degree from Notre Dame and uh, served on the Supreme Court until uh, mandatory retirement at age 70. So that's my Alan Page uh, research. Uh, and Andy Kindler guessed one of the uh, purple people eaters. I'm yes. Impressive. Yes, that was a good job. He, he, he knew a non-jet. And then uh, the fearsome foursome, three of them went into TV and movies Right. I, I felt did, sorry for the force. Lundy. Yeah. <laughs> Lundy. Poor, poor Lundy. That was crazy. That's so Lundy. <laughs> the other comment, and this, uh, I, I, I should just save this for my blog. The comment about the loose wind really chapped me. That, uh, yeah. And, yeah. I, I, I thought about it, and I thought about it, and I thought about it. And this is a six or seven minute story. Not really, but it's going to feel that way. So I had uh, a job that we were uh, doing construction on, and we had an inspector, and he took his daily logs. And this guy was, uh, he had the gift of gab, as they would say. He would put a lot of uh, editorial comments in his uh in his uh, in his inspection notes, uh, this uh, we were using like this camera based drill. Uh, it's very very precise. It had a camera on it, and you had to use the joystick to move your drill one way or another. Uh, one of the guys put a centerfold in front of the camera one day, and called the inspector up and said, "Something's not right here. This this drill's just not working." And you know, looks through the camera and ha ha ha, he sees the centerfold. Okay, so the way my inspector writes it up in the inspection notes was that upon upon inspecting the camera, I discovered a picture of a woman of questionable moral values. Oof. And I realized that really is what he thinks. Yeah. That he thinks that. There is shame in her doing that, but no shame in him partaking of it. Exactly. That, uh, yeah, that's a messed up attitude. Yeah. So that's that. That's why I got so upset about loose women. Like, let's uh, let, let yeah. find something else to control. Go, yeah. Go control a go control a book. You don't need to be controlling women. That's ridiculous. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> do you have any questions? All right. Um, so I forgot to delete my question threads. People kept adding to it. <laughs> and of course, that's so course Lundy. It's, like, it's so Lundy. And of course, the diminishing returns. Okay. So, but I'll choose a couple. Um, my friend Patty Cohen asks, where does the expression getting down to brass, brass tacks actually mean? Mm. What is the origin of this expression? Uh, Patty, G-O-O-G-L-E dot C-O-M. If you type that in your browser bar, 
and then ask, you know, I actually Googled this and I was still a little confused. Um, there's arguments about it. I always thought like getting down to like the carpet nails, you know. Well, that makes to... sense. Yeah. So, and I'm going to keep with that, you know, just the, what's under the surface. But, but I'm wrong. But hey, have you, do you have a theory? No, I don't. But uh, I, I can say that there was a, a magical two or three year window when you would Google a question like that. And the first result would be a forum where someone asked that. And all yes. of the responses were, why don't you just Google it, asshole? <laughs> <laughs> kind of like on Twitter or, when they would say, uh, why is Schmoopy trending? And all of the things you click on Schmoopy are people saying, why is Schmoopy trending? Or, and over half are like, Damn, I thought Schmoopy died when I yeah. saw him. Trending. Yeah, didn't sell Washington. Don't scare me either. like that. <laughs> Don't scare me like that. Ugh. Good riddance. Good riddance. The map. Marty, okay, uh, Marty okay, asks, what's the best race? Oh, fuck you, Marty. <laughs> <laughs> I'll pass that. Next. Uh, I've got a, what's the worst one? Um, Marty. That's a, <laughs> <laughs> sorry, sorry, Marty. I don't but, know. but the movie, um, Utterly Charming. Ernest one Borgnine. of the best, best picture winners ever. Yeah. And my favorite scene in it is when his dumb friends are hanging around and one is talking about a Mickey Spillane book he's read. Uh -huh. and, and talking about how how the uh, Mike Hammer the like treats a woman badly, and it's just it's it just illustrates how sad and lonely these guys are, and the way they deal with it is to be angry at women, mm. you know, and in fact, you know, his friend tries to pass that on to Marty. And make him dump, you know, this perfect match for him. Great movie. Love that movie. Okay. Kevin Moore asks, will they ever leave Daylight Savings Time alone? I mean, who are the people that want it to keep changing? Now, that that first question is pretty damn uh, contradictory. Will they ever leave daylight savings time alone? Well, daylight savings time means it's being changed. Well, so, first, first of all, Wampus, it's not savings; it's saving. It's daylight saving time because yes. you are saving daylight. It's not a goddamn savings account. <laughs> yeah, Kevin. Yeah, uh, Kevin. I meant I meant Kevin when I said Wampus. There, I didn't. I'm not mad at you. I'm mad at Kevin and Marty. Yeah, these two. These two knuckleheads. But uh, I will say, I don't mind daylight saving. I like that it's light out when I wake up now. Mm -hmm. And I like it lighter later in the day during the summer. Also, it's just an hour. <laughs> it's not that big of a deal. But that's my own opinion. Well, I, I think the best way to improve it is if we turn the clocks back an hour, 
at 12.30 a.m. on New Year's Day. Hell yeah. To New Year's Eve. Yep. Brilliant. Um, ooh, that. Um, um, these are so. Okay. Vitas Bardis, my uh, old roommate, um, uh, parents came over from Lithuania. I'm saying that so this makes this question uh, more relevant, I guess. Uh, can the citizen, and he just says, he doesn't say citizens, can the citizen of Russia overthrow Putin? Hmm. And my guess is, if anyone's going to overthrow him, it will be, uh, as usual, a military cabal, um, not the citizens. But Putin, he's getting kind of old, isn't he? I would think so. Yeah. I think the that the vagaries of time will be what overthrows him. But yeah, he's pretty well entrenched. And uh, let's see. Okay. There's a couple questions here, but let's let's end on this one. All right. You wake up in the life of your favorite celebrity. The two of you are best friends for a day. Who is it and what are you doing? Oh you only have 24 goodness. hours before you return to business as usual. And that's from Tim Stevens. Okay. I I, I would not want to subject anyone that I admire to uh have to put up with me for 24 hours i'm going to respect your pass oh dan if it was an hour short at 24 hour, no because dan you're a damn delight and uh a celebrity would be lucky damn lucky all right all right then fine kale lundy podcast since july so give the gift you know can't fail from